Welcome to the Four Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Ivy Lassiter, and I'm so glad you're here. Pop in your earbuds and multitask while we talk about all the parenting stuff, lessons learned, funny stories, and practical wisdom from normal people who've been there. Let's get started. I'm talking with Rachel and Emily, two sisters. Both of these girls have quite a long list of accolades and accomplishments. I mean, things like earning legit degrees from University of Texas and Texas A&M while also excelling at collegiate sports. Rachel played softball at UT and Emily was a part of the gymnastics team at A&M. Rachel now lives in California and works for a very well-known tech company and Emily is on a journey to med school. And I've known these sisters since they were in elementary school. And honestly, the reason why I wanted to have this conversation has sort of little to do with those accomplishments that I just mentioned. It has more to do with who they are as people and how they accomplished all these things yet remained humble, kind, integrous people. And I'm telling you, if you talk to anyone that's close to them, sure, they'd agree like, yeah, those girls are driven and competitive. But I think they'd also say, you know, other qualities outshine those things. In fact, I asked someone who was very close to them. I said, hey, give me words to describe these girls. And she said that Rachel is grounded, adventurous, a deep thinker, and confident. And Emily is fun-loving, determined, an encourager, and confident. I love those words. And I think they perfectly describe those girls. So this conversation just gives us a glimpse into their perspective of their home and family growing up. When you think about growing up, like, preschool, elementary, junior high, what would you say were the most important things in your home to your parents? I think one of the biggest things for our parents was our academics. Uh huh. Um, they really encouraged us to do well in school from the very beginning. And they, they had this idea where to encourage us to get good grades where we if we got an A then we got to pick a book of our choosing and we got to buy a new book for every oh, A that we got. Cool. And then if we got straight A's then we got to go pick a dinner of our choosing and we got to go as a family for dinner. Aww. And so they kind of tricked us in that we got good grades and then we our reward was to do more reading, but we yeah. really enjoyed that and they did that from the very beginning. Yeah. And so and I think also they really encouraged Rachel from the very beginning to like from when she was really young to do well in school. And so then I saw that and I wanted to do well because Rachel did. Isn't that something <laughs> that, that totally happens? Yeah. Was school easy for y'all? Like were A's easy? Yes. Because like I I don't know. I started to get A's and then I wanted A's. And so I just, they never really had to push us to do my homework. Like I always just kind of did it and I yeah. did well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, about for I'd you? I'd say they weren't necessarily like easy, but like it was almost the expectation. And I am, I don't know if you guys know the Enneagram, but like I'm such a three. And oh, so yeah. I, I have to meet people's expectations uh-huh. <laughs> um, even, even since I was little. So that was like what I would do. And I think in a lot of ways, back to Emily's like point about reading like they would read to us all the time we just had this huge love of stories and narrative and and learning things and history and because they brought that into the totally yeah yeah and so we would like you know since we were kids like reading bedtime stories but that continued way longer than I think it did for most people I love Um, that (laughs) also your point about stories like our dad and our uncle Mm -hmm. and our family would 
they would make up stories and they would just uh-huh. like oh, yeah. tell us stories or tell us about like history and make yeah. history really interesting. And they would. Well, your dad's a history He's, teacher, mm-hmm. so that that's a part of this. Yeah. Right. But so yeah, bedtime stories would be like when the Archduke Ferdinand was assassinated in World War One oh or World War Two. Yeah. And like how that led to sort of everything that <laughs> went on. <laughs> yeah. But it was like really exciting. But it was so for cool. Us. Yeah. Yeah. And so that. But like that that sort of foundation is what I think made school fun and exciting and learning fun and exciting for us. Um, And so when you lay that groundwork, um, like to this day, I still love learning and like I want to go back to school and even though I've done way too much already. Yeah. Um, So I think that. That that I I see the foundation that they laid and I'm super grateful for it yeah. for sure. What enneagram number are you? Do you know? I'm a Emily? two. You're two. Okay. And so I my parents expected me to do to do well in school and so then I wanted to please them and I wanted yeah. to yeah do do everything I yeah. did. So academics was there anything else that you felt was important to them? I I was thinking about this the other day. I think for. For dad especially, it was um, integrity and doing mm, yeah. doing the right thing and doing it well. Mom too, but I I don't know. I I felt like for him that was that was very important and um, that was always something that we would strive to do. And so if yeah. you know we were doing something and perhaps pit, playing sports because we did a lot of that yeah. as well. And you know you were to cut a corner or to, you know, skip a practice, like, that's not what we do in this family. And so it was, you know, for sure, going through every step that you would take um, is what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my dad often, I wanted to say, like, quit soccer because I wanted to focus on gymnastics. And he said, no, you're going to finish out the season. You're Mm going to do what you committed to first. And then you can make a decision. Right. Huh. Who would you, who, and it's not, I realize our relationships with our parents are, you know, your relationship with your dad and with your mom is just going to be different. But who would you like process decisions with more in your home? I'd say mom more. Processing verbally. Yeah. Um, I would say mom. Yeah. Just because she's, she herself is more of a verbal processor okay, than got dad it. is. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think if I was needing some, like, some really big advice on something, then I might ask dad and like huh. get a, get you know, some get a wisdom quick, from him. quick quip. Yeah. A little, yeah. little wisdom and then go process more with mom. Yeah. Yeah. Are you the same way? I mom? think so. Yeah. Okay. I, at least now I talk to my parents more now than I did when I was a kid. For sure. Oh um, yeah. But yeah, at least now I, I know I go, I talk to my mom for a while about things and then, yeah. And then, yeah, my dad will be pretty quick or he, he, he's kind of like a stoic Sometimes when you say you keep talking and keep talking and he's just kind of sitting there. <laughs> he like lets you talk it out. Yeah. You're like, oh, I think I, I think I know what I want to do now. Yeah. Actually, you didn't have to say anything. I totally could picture that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I want to talk about the things that you guys were passionate about as let's, let's start elementary school. What were the things that y'all were passionate about? For me, it was always sports um and back to that idea of story so I loved reading even then um and so like even growing up in like children's group and youth group here it was always you know again being a three like winning all the sports and like doing all the things you probably remember I remember yeah (laughs) um and yeah that was always just super exciting for me the 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 competition was really fun okay for you competition and I guess just the 
the idea of excelling at everything. Yeah. Um, again, back to this three, like I'm, <laughs> uh, but yeah. anyway, so yeah. So that idea of excelling and, and specifically in sports, I think because of like dad's huge sort of um, emphasis on that when we were growing did up. Did you too. play all the sports or we was did. it? Okay. But yeah, softball was the one that lasted. Yeah. So we, this is a big point of contention for us. So <laughs> Emily and I played all the sports growing up, but I was always the best at them uh-huh. again. Because I'm a three. <laughs> okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but she was. I was, but until until we came to gymnastics, until we both joined gymnastics at the same time, and Emily was far superior than me. And oh, I, you were like, I'm out. Yeah, I'm, I'm not absolutely. even into this. Absolutely, it was like, no, I'm out. We're done. And again, Dad, back to that idea of finishing. He was like, no, you're going to finish what we what we started, and then uh-uh. you can quit after that. Yeah. And I was like, but no, Emily's so much better than me. <laughs> and I'm going to have to endure this. Yeah, absolutely. For, oh, and then she stuck with it forever. <laughs> right, because it was the only thing I was better at you. Oh, my gosh. That's but hilarious. I did like that they he put us into everything. I did yeah. basketball, soccer, softball, dance, like ballet, tap, jazz, gymnastics. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, my. Is there yeah. anything else? Piano. We also did piano yeah. lessons. We also did – I played the flute for a while. I, um, we were in choir, too. Yeah. So, like, they put us into everything. And then the good thing was that they – like, obviously, we had to finish out what we committed to, but then we got to choose. And so I you, chose gymnastics, Rachel yeah. chose softball. And so, and then they, like, let us go wholeheartedly into yeah. what we yeah. wanted to do. So at what point did y'all kind of choose? When I couldn't do anything else. When gymnastics got to a point where I, like, I was working out 30 hours a week, I didn't have time for oh anything goodness. else. And that was in middle school, like beginning okay. of middle school. And you clearly were like, this is just what I love. Like, mm-hmm. I love gymnastics. I'm good at it. I mm-hmm. enjoy this whole thing. And so, and I didn't have time for anything else. Anything so I, else. that's what yeah. I chose yeah. to do. What it about was, you? It was similar for okay. me. Um, I was choosing at that point between soccer and softball um, and was playing competitive uh, travel ball for both. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> uh, y'all, I can't even <laughs> imagine the schedule yeah so that, that that again that's sort of the the deciding factor of like I can't we have practices on the same day you know tournaments oh. the same weekend um and so that was I think I was in elementary school it was early for me um and decided I wanted to do softball because it was less running um <laughs> <laughs> but it worked hey, out there you know? we go yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Lord uses different reasons did both of y'all, was this like a decision that you came to or did your parents, do you recall them helping you process through it? I remember my dad kind of getting on to me because I was missing soccer practices because of gymnastics. And so he, I remember, and softball too. And so, and I was upset because I wasn't getting to play as much in soccer as I wanted to because I was still just as good as everybody, or at least in my view, I was just as good as everybody. Right. But, um... I wasn't getting to play. And my dad was like, well, that's because you're not going to practice. And so at that point, I had to you're not, kind of. Yeah, you're not able to give this your all. Like right. choose something that you can give your mm-hmm. all to or, or commit to. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I think I remember nudges to like, you know, this schedule is kind of becoming unbearable for everyone um, or just like not tenable. Like you can't do both. Yeah. Uh, but then so it's like the nudge, like we need to make a decision, but like the decision is yours. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I. I I vividly remember this, like sitting on the couch, like pros and cons for soccer and softball and like writing it all out and like processing with mom back to that. Um, That's so good. And then coming out to like deciding it too. Yeah. Did you have to have like, what did it look like to say no to soccer for both? Oh, that was hard. Yeah. yeah. His dad was, dad's a soccer coach for those of you who don't know, but um, mm-hmm. I think he was pretty sad when we quit, Aww. but he like, you know, 
was willing to let us make that decision because it is, yeah. you know, what we love. Um, yeah. And then when, once we did, he supported us forever, you know, came to all the games, yeah. all the meets. Yeah. I don't think my dad ever missed a single meet in my life. And How did he obviously do that? With, like, with they softball. both had full-time jobs. I know. I'm like, that will so. be a question I'll ask them. Okay. Yeah. Um, that would be a good question because I don't know how they did it. Because dad was even – he had to quit his soccer job, his soccer coaching job. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. To um, be able to to be there for you? Because our schedules were so crazy. No. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he still was a teacher full-time, and mom right. still worked, you know, at her job at TI full-time. Yeah. And they both – there's obviously a whole lot more softball games than there were gymnastics competitions, but because mine was only, like, one every few weekends. But, but it's the like, whole weekend. No matter if I guess my, softball can be that way, too. But Yeah. But, like, no matter if my competition was in Dallas or Houston or Ohio, like, my parents were always there. I don't ever <sighs> remember a single competition that they weren't there. Wow. What do you, in looking back, like, what does that communicate? What, what do you think that, like, communicated that they showed up and supported y'all's? Yeah, I, this is actually another lasting thing that I think about. Um, but it's almost like a love language to me, like, the quality time idea yeah. and just being there for people. And so Aww. that's the way that I communicate, like, love in yeah. almost every way, like I will be there physically. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that that idea of, you know, if you love someone and you know something's important to them, like show up for that yeah. and be there for them. And that's yeah. something that mom and dad always did. And mm-hmm. now that like is super important for me. me too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and now y'all being adults with jobs, with demanding jobs, mm-hmm. like now you have a better perspective of like, oh, my, my parents yeah. – sacrificed a lot for for us to be able to do the things that we were passionate about man um okay i my observation of y'all is that you're very responsible and disciplined (laughs) people now i don't live with y'all so i you know that could be you know but it's definitely an observation of like man these girls are so disciplined and so responsible. What are some things that your parents did to cultivate that? I can't even yeah. think of a specific Because I actually wouldn't did. think of us that way. But that's interesting that, that that's the perception. <laughs> I guess we put on a good air. <laughs> no, um, I think, though, that back to the idea of integrity and just making sure that, you know, you're doing things the right way. Um, yeah. That was evident in the, in the home, too. So it's yeah. like, you know, whether it's um, – like mom is a, is a Sunday school teacher here yes. at church, and so she would spend hours on her Sunday school lesson preparing see that. for that. We could yes. see that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so you know, back just to that idea of discipline, even in like quiet times and, and preparation, yeah, and and you know, leaning into your walk with the Lord and discipline that way. I yeah. we for sure saw that. Um, and then, but I think just discipline and and responsibility in life too, um, just like you know. That, that idea of authenticity in what you do and how you do it, no matter where you are, mm, um, yeah. was definitely evident in their example. Yeah. Yeah, I agree in that it was more their example. And for me, being the youngest, I watched Rachel and then I yeah. watched and I watched my parents and then I wanted to be like Rachel and I wanted to please my parents. And so I, um, I think it just because they cultivated that environment from when Rachel was really, really young and continued it on through both of our lives, it yeah. just kind of became the norm. And like, yeah. 
I've never really thought about it as them being strict on us or mm-hmm. right anything like that. Because it was almost more of like an expectation or a goal that we w- we wanted or that you know they would encourage us in. And then there are necessary steps to meet that goal, and that's what you have to do to do those right. things. So whether it's straight A's, whether it's getting on varsity, whether it's you know going and playing in college or doing whatever it is, like right. there are things that you have to do before that, and that's just it's neither here nor there. It just is what it is, right? And um, sort of. That's just sort of what you have to do. Right. Yeah. Was it internal pressure to do, to perform and do things well? Yeah, for sure. It wasn't that your parents. No, I think they encouraged it. Yeah. And um, definitely, you know, motivated and, and rewarded when good things right. happened, which I think helped the internal yes. pressure increase. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's definitely something that came from within me. And I still struggle with yeah, that idea of performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. What does it look like? to grow in that area. Yeah. Because I'm a three, two. So I, I I get this. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. I think really the biggest struggle is spiritually, honestly. And it's this idea that, um, performance for me, whether it's sports and academics is all rewarded externally, um, based on what I do. And, but when with Jesus, like nothing that we do could ever lead to anything. It's all what he's done for us. And so accepting that, it's not based on anything that I've done, do or or you know have done. Yeah. Um, rather, it's what Jesus has done for me, and that nothing that I do changes that. Yeah. Um, for better or for worse, and so um, I think that that's just really hard to accept. That like I'm neither bad enough, but definitely I'm not good enough yeah. for Jesus's grace. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's that's just a really hard acceptance, and definitely something that I you know work through right. all the time. Right. No, I totally get that. So you both did your passions of softball and gymnastics in college. Mm-hmm. What was that journey like to get there? Well, um, like, was that a dream you always had or? Well, my dream was to go to the Olympics. Um, okay. But that didn't happen, um, which honestly, I'm super at peace with. I'm very happy I did right. not go to the Olympics. It's right. ridiculous. But <laughs> um, ridiculous. <laughs> No but, offense to those listeners who have been to the Olympics. Yes. <laughs> but for gymnastics specifically, it's, they're crazy. It is, they're crazy. <laughs> but yeah. even even what I went through was still crazy. I, I went. Yeah. I did thirty two hours of oh practice gosh. a week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Plus, I also did cross country at that time, and so um, <sighs> I was. It was just physically demanding and time demanding and hard. Yeah. I had to learn a whole lot of self discipline. Actually, going back to self discipline, I think. All of the stuff that we they put us in also True. encouraged the activities themselves because yeah. because of gymnastics I had to learn my self discipline to do what I needed to do but also I had to learn like time management because yeah. um, you know I only had I got done with gymnastics at nine or ten p.m. and then I and then I had to start my homework to be oh, at school by seven a.m. I can't even and I so. Can't imagine. Um, well, then I had to eat dinner and take a shower and then start my homework. Yeah. Um, and so because of that, I had to learn time management and how to, how to study well and how yeah. to um, do everything. And my parents, they always expected us to do well regardless of what commitments we made. And so um, – yeah. yeah, I didn't realize it was a goal for me to play in college until probably – this is going to sound early, but it's it's pretty late in the softball world, but like until eighth or ninth grade. Okay. Yeah. Um, but because g- at that point, people are already making verbal commitments to colleges what? in eighth or ninth grade. Yeah. It's eighth crazy. or ninth grade? Yeah. 
at least when I was playing. Maybe they've okay. gotten better these okay. days, but who knows? Um, so yeah, so at that point, I had made varsity in high school as a freshman, and uh-huh. I was like, oh, am I actually pretty good? Like, I didn't very, realize. At a very big high school. I did, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah we, went, we went to Plano East, um, and I didn't realize that, like, I was at that level, even though, you know, I just, I guess I wasn't self-aware enough. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I was like, oh, maybe this could be a reality for me, and it became more of a goal, and, you know, going through a recruiting process, which is a whole other conversation, but it's it's pretty intense as oh well. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But yeah. Did y'all enjoy doing those things in college? Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't change it. Um, it was really tough. Yeah. It, it, you, the college experience is just totally different right. than that of a normal student. And in some ways, I sort of wish I had that normal experience, but I definitely wouldn't change it in yeah. retrospect. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, okay, what qualities in your parents do you admire the most? I kind of admire that they 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 made us to who we are, if that makes sense. Um, I admire that they were able to to pull off being good parents and that we never felt neglected and that we never felt, I don't know, like they were ever pushing us to do anything we yeah. didn't want to do. And now we're, you know, successful, self-sufficient adults and yeah. they were still able to have full-time jobs and still able to have their own lives. And yeah. so... I admire that, and that's something I want to be as a parent. Yeah. And also, you know, we're good, I feel like, moral people, too. <laughs> we make <laughs> good choices and have a relationship with Jesus, and they also pushed us to, to have all that, too. So yeah. I admire that, that they were able to do it in the first place, I guess. Yeah. I think that, like, one of the things that they instilled in me and in that they cultivated was the idea of community um Hmm. and so dad meets with um a group of guys all the time yeah um and seeing that seeing that accountability there seeing him just like regularly go meet with those guys is pretty cool um and something not only within like you know besides family but within our own family we're super close yeah like together and extended you and your cousins and cousins yeah yeah. on both sides of the family you know aunts and uncles yeah great aunts and uncles it it goes pretty deep (laughs) yeah um but it's just it was super cool to to understand the idea of like i don't know um seeing the Lord work in generation from generation to generation yeah. and having relationships with all of those people and mom and dad being a part of that, right. being, you know, continuing to cultivate that in all of us. Um, the idea that, you know, Jesus is the center of our, your relationship and your purpose. And yeah. we as a family, as a community are part of the big C church, but also like the, yeah. the, you know, the family and community that you have here. Yeah. Yeah. And they made it really fun for us to, like, I was always really excited to go to church. And I was always really excited to see my family. And for my sure. cousins are, like, my yeah. best friends. Yeah. And so I don't really know how they did that. But, I ne- like, I always was really excited to have those relationships and to go to church and to mm-hmm. see my family and yeah. to have my friends over and, you know, mm-hmm. to have good community. Yeah. Were y'all, the y'all have? Like deep friendships too, mm-hmm. like for, through church, mm-hmm. you know. Like I, I just think, wow, like uh, that's a lot of things to be connected to and to do them all, <laughs> like with depth and intention. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if your parents, like, yes, 
getting you in softball was great and you in gymnastics, yes, we're going to commit to that. But at the end of the day, that could go if it got in the way of Jesus. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That didn't become this idol for your family. And that's how you're able to do the other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a actually a really accurate observation for sure. Okay. Now that you're adults, how is your relationship different with your parents? It's definitely different. It's <laughs> yeah, weird it coming back <laughs> after, after college. Yeah, you've been home like a month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I now live in California. Yes. And um, work out there. I've been out there for almost three years now, which is crazy to say. Um, but, you know, coming back here, it's weird because it's like, this is home, but I'm visiting. And, but, but yeah. So, no, I think relationship with parents is great. We definitely... Uh, talk now about more real things, more yes. bigger things like, you know, I'm having this problem with my roommate or, you know, I'm, I'm buying a car. Buying a car. <laughs> um, yeah, like yeah. adult conversation. Totally. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, should I join this church? Like, I don't like this about my church now. Should I leave? You know, you know, things like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I definitely especially like since COVID has happened, you know, we would talk on the phone a lot. We'd have FaceTime calls and just felt like I could ask advice of them. Um, Yeah. And I do think that like, it's this interesting growing period, this awkward phase from like, you know, they changed your diapers to now you're like having a real conversation with them. Um, And that happens like probably in college and soon thereafter. Um, At least it did for me. And, um, but I, I feel good about coming out of that and like now having adult relationships with them. Yeah. For me right now, I'm living at home. Um, And so I I graduated college and then I came back to live at home and I was only planning on doing that for a couple months. And then um, as I like got started with my job and everything, and then I was literally planning to move out and then COVID happened. Yeah. And then my job hours went from like 40 hours a week to like eight and so I just couldn't afford it. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really, really blessed in that my parents are willing to help me out and to let me live rent free. And, yes. um, you know, it's not a toxic environment by any means. Yeah. Like they're still loving, wonderful people. Um, but it definitely, I feel like my relationship with my parents was better at the beginning of me living with them <laughs> than now. <laughs> because, it, you know, you're also engaged. I am. And the season of living with your parents is right. coming to a close. Right. And it's it's really hard going from college when you're self-sufficient on your own and making your own decisions to kind of, it almost feels a little bit like going back to high school because yeah. they're they're really great. They don't like... I don't have a curfew, like I don't have whatever, but I still feel a little bit like I have to ask permission for everything I do. And um, because, you know, I'm living there rent free and that totally makes sense. But it's just kind of it's it's a weird dynamic a little bit. And I'm ready to be on my own because they raised me to be self-sufficient, independent person. Right. And yeah, I like just can't right now because of the way the world is for sure. And so um, but. Like Rachel said, I still, like, am able to talk to my mom about more things and and also my dad. And, yeah, very different from when I was hiding my relationships with boys when I was (laughs) in high school. I didn't want to talk about it at all. And now I can, you know, I'm engaged. So I can talk about it. I can't hide that. (laughs) Hope you're not hiding that. I'm not hiding that. Okay, that's good. (laughs) So. Um, Okay, what things do you want to take into your families? Things that you experienced growing up, what do you want to take into your families? 
I want to take the emphasis that they put on family and and church um, yeah. into my family. Um, yeah. And that, so, like we were saying earlier, like, it was fun to go to church and fun to um, hang out with our family. And so, um, I really want my kids to have that experience, too, yeah. and to be close with Rachel's kids and yeah. close with our cousins and all that and to really love being together and being around other people you know because so many families fight and hate each other and never see each other even if they you know so yeah I'd say something similar that idea of community and showing up for one another yeah um yeah we're not we're not a huge verbal processing family or like we're not a a family of many words if you will yeah though mom is a verbal processor (laughs) uh but but that idea of like showing up for one another and being there is how I have experienced love from them most um and that was never like a question for me that was always something I always knew they're gonna show up they'll show up and that they that there's like unconditional love and support from them and so that's what I would definitely move forward with too yeah, that's great. Okay, if someone is listening and their child is like super passionate about a certain activity, what would be y'all's advice? I'd say go for it, do it. Um, encourage them in it, support them in it, push them even if yeah. if they need it. Yeah, because um, they're not always going to want to go practice. You know, yeah, there the, might the need there requires. might need to be some conversations like, hey, I know you don't want to do this, but if yeah. you want to get better, you got to exactly that yeah. like don't let them do it halfway. Yeah, yeah. If you they want to commit to something, commit a hundred percent and love doing that. And if yeah. you don't love it, then choose something else that you do love. Yeah. yeah, and help them understand, like, if they want to be this person or, you know, achieve this thing and that activity, you know, whether it's, you know, the star in a dance show or, you know, a pitcher on a baseball team yeah. um, or, you know, valedictorian, there are steps, like, to get there. And yeah. understand, like, understand, help them understand, rather, what those steps are um, so that good. they have a good sense of it. Yeah. After a little bit of time of reflecting on this conversation, I might sum it up with Rachel and Emily's parents weren't so focused or like obsessed about what their girls were doing, but rather how they were doing it. Are you dependable? Are you committed to this? Are you going to fulfill what you said you were going to do? Are you integrous in your actions? Are you showing up and giving it your all? I was challenged by the fact that, you know, Rachel's dad was a soccer coach and Rachel chose, hey, no soccer, I'm going to do softball. And her dad was like, okay, let's do that. And that I see their parents supported and encouraged their girls to do the things that their girls were feeling led to do, that their girls were passionate about. And then they supported them in doing those things with a lot of character and excellence. That how they went about doing those things mattered more than what they accomplished. Now, you guys, the timing of this is so funny to me. Like usual, the podcast always, you know, speaks more <laughs> to me for a specific reason. But my husband and I signed our first grader up for basketball, and we were super apprehensive about this. If you know us, we aren't tall people. Like basketball and height kind of goes hand in hand, and we're like, oh, you know, we're not tall for basketball. We also have zero basketball skills. Like I played one season and failed miserably, and I'm pretty sure my husband never played. So we don't know a thing about this. But our son really wanted to play, so we signed him up. 
And I'm going to be honest, like I felt so anxious about this. And yes, I, this is ridiculous. It's first grade basketball, but I just felt so anxious about signing him up and, and getting him to do this. And at the time, I, you know, you know, when you just have those feelings where I was like, I just feel anxious. And then as, the, as I thought about it, I think I was feeling anxious because I didn't know how to prep my son to be good at this, or I felt kind of helpless that, oh, what, you know, what if he fails miserably at this? And I don't know how to help him because I'm not good at this. But then after this conversation, it was this reminder of, wait a minute, my job is not to, to, uh, to make my son a basketball star or a basketball pro. Like That's not my job. My job, what I need to care about and what matters the most is helping him find the things that he's passionate about and excited about. Showing up for him. Helping him fulfill his commitments to his team and be dependable. And encouraging him to be an integrous player. And that I can do. That I can do. And that is good. I hope you found something that you can relate to from today's conversation. And thanks for joining us. If you have any questions or just want more tips for parents, let me know at ilasseter at fbrichardson.org. I'd love to talk with you. See you next time on the Four Parents Podcast.